are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. How cool is Father's Day going to be? Really, really excited. Um, some cool news too. Uh, we are sponsored by OMAC Meat and Sells Pizza. So no complaints there. Going to have a great time, uh, have some fun together, uh, celebrate the men in our lives. It's not just for dads. We want to celebrate all the men, and uh, so we're going to be treating the men. They're going to eat well, got lots of games to play, have some fun, and just really encourage our men and uh, the journey they're on to, to lead and serve and, and love people within their community. So make sure you come out, invite a friend, um, pray for me. If I score a hat-trick, the whole football team comes and uh, comes to Father's Day. So got to score a hat-trick next week, so <laughs> that's the deal anyway. Famous last words. Heard that phrase before? Famous last words. Your famous last words. I hope my famous, my, my last words are famous. I hope they're not kind of infamous. You know, babe, don't worry. You know, they don't want that to be your last words. Or I'm sure it'll hold. Or don't worry, I've got it covered. We don't want those to be our famous last words. We're going to play a little game this morning. And uh, we're going to give away some crunchy bars. If you can... Tell me who said these famous last words. So if you think you know the answer, stick your hand up in the air, and if you get it right, you get yourself a crunchy bar. Rose, you'll run out of crunchy bar to you. How's that sound? All right. Either that wallpaper goes or I do. Who said those famous last words? Amy. Amy. <laughs> but she's still alive, so hopefully not. <laughs> Cheeky. No, no. He doesn't get one for that. <laughs> Any guesses? Oscar Wilde said that. Oscar Wilde. How about this one? I'm bored with it all. Who was that? (laughs) No, anyone? Winston Churchill. Famous last words. How about this one? Money can't buy life. Abraham Lincoln. Good guess, but unfortunately, no. That was Bob Marley. (laughs) How about this one? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Famous last words. Anyone? Any guesses? Steve Jobs is correct. Well done. That one's a genuine crunchy, that one. How about this one? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. (laughs) Jesus, yes. Come on, I hope some of us got that one. Fantastic. There's one one down the back. Yeah, Rachel, there we go. Fantastic. (laughs) It's crazy. Jesus, the greatest person that has ever lived. But many wouldn't know what his famous last words were. Many people wouldn't live by the truth of those words. And my heart today is that as we look at this passage one more time in our outpouring series, that we would truly receive these words and make a commitment to live by these words as well. Let's read together in Acts chapter 1. We're going to celebrate. We're going to take communion together. I want to pray for some people at the close of the service and really believe that we will receive the power of the Holy Spirit as we step into the season that God is calling to us, calling us to as a church. So let's read Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. 
On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? It's kind of like the kids' version of, are we there yet? You know, are we there yet? Is this the time? Is this the moment we've been waiting for? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. How many people need God's power to be his witness this morning? Would you pray with me as we look at this word together? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we don't have to do it on our own. We know we're not capable on our own, but thank you that by your spirit and through your spirit, we can have the power to be a witness to others. Lord, bless this time together. May we be inspired, challenged, encouraged, and empowered by your Holy Spirit to be your witness. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we've looked at this passage over the last couple of weeks, and in many ways, verse 8 is like a synopsis of what is about to happen in the book of Acts. We're actually living Acts chapter 29 right now. So there's 28 chapters in Acts, and then there's a 29th chapter, which we've been walking out as the church history for for 2,000 years. We are living in Acts 29 right now, walking out the Acts of the Apostles. In chapter 2, there's 120 believers, followers gathered together, we, we estimate, in an upper room. The promise that Jesus spoke of, you will receive power, takes place. They're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Tongues of fire come on them. And they begin to to speak in tongues and speak in other languages. An incredible moment where the church was birthed in that moment when the Spirit of God came upon them. In chapters 2 through to 7, a lot of the work that takes place is in the area of Jerusalem. Signs and wonders and miracles all taking place. You'll receive power. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, chapters 2 to 7. Chapters 8 through to 12, we see the message spread to Judea and Samaria. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And then from chapter 13 on, we see the work of Paul outside of his Jewish homeland in modern-day Asia Minor, Macedonia, Greece, and to the ends of the earth. And here we are today, the furthermost part of the earth. So you can't go any further than, than where we are now from Jerusalem. New Zealand is as far as it gets away in terms of the ends of the earth. How incredible that we get to bring the message back. It's gone out. We've got to bring it back. We've got to keep sharing it. We've got to keep bringing that message of the good news to every person we meet. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power that he spoke about, that same power that the the believers received in the upper room is with us today, is in us, on us, and is flowing out of us. Today, we're talking about Holy Spirit flowing out of us in our witness. There's three C's, I believe, in the New Testament that we need to pay attention to. There's the, the great commandment. The great commandment which Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. You get that right, all the law hangs on those two things. Loving God, loving people. That's the great commandment. Then he talks about the great commission in Matthew 28. Go into all the world. 
making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I will be with you always, says Jesus, even to the ends of the age. Great commandment, great commission. But I believe this is the great confirmation. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. How many people need God's power in their life to do what you've been called to do? How many people have tried in their own strength and failed, fallen on our face? Come on, that's my story, that's my testimony. In the moments when I trust God's power, when I feel and sense it, and when I walk and step into it, it changes the outcome. Because on my, on my own, I'm not enough. Anybody agree with me on that one? We don't have what it takes, but it's in our weakness. When we recognize our weakness and we receive his power, that's when transformation takes place. So this morning, I want to focus on the word witness. Can I get a witness, somebody? Can I get a witness, somebody in this place that will share their faith and power by the Holy Spirit? Have you ever had the opportunity to be a witness in a court case? It's not something that's an exciting thing to do. It's not something you kind of dream of. You know, I hope one day I get to. But I found myself as a 14-year-old being a witness in a court case where a truck had failed to stop at a pedestrian crossing and had crashed into the car that was in front of it. And um, the, the driver was, uh, of the truck was pleading not guilty for reckless driving. And so I, I witnessed the crash. I, I saw what had happened. And so I was a witness in this court case. And I, I remember being in the courtroom and I, I was nervous. I kind of felt intimidated. At, you know, the lawyers were there and asking these questions. And some of them were, they were questions that I could really easily answer. I didn't understand what was going on in the court case. I didn't understand um, that they were trying to, um, th- there was a, a claim that the, the vehicle that the, the truck that the man was driving was, was, was not fit, you know, and it wasn't in good shape. And so, therefore, it wasn't his fault. It was actually a, a fault of the company. And so, so there was this whole argument that was going on. And, and, and part of my testimony was either going to confirm or deny that. Now, I didn't know all of that. All I wanted to do was get up there, say what I saw, talk about what I saw. And I, I, didn't, I couldn't give an explanation. I, it was... I wasn't, um, I wasn't eloquent with my words by any means. And I just wanted to get down as quick as I could. I wonder whether in sharing our faith it can feel sometimes like that. We don't have all the arguments. We don't, we don't feel like we can explain everything the way we, others might hope we would. I wonder whether we feel like we just want to get down from this, the spotlight because it's a little bit too hard. Now, in this room, we've got some evangelists. Like You live for those moments. It's like, God, set me up. I can't wait to go and tell someone about my faith. But I'm going to go ahead and guess that that's probably a small percentage of this crowd. And the rest are probably just a little bit more nervous, just feeling a little bit uneasy about that possibility of standing before somebody and giving a testimony of what God's done in your life and sharing the gospel. Would that be an accurate summary of this room? (laughs) How many people in that moment desperately rely on Holy Spirit to come through when we don't quite have the words? That's me. That's my life. That's my story. And even yesterday I sat with a friend and I'm praying under my breath as we're sitting watching a football game together as I'm sharing 
my story. I'm sharing God's love. Saying, God, I want it to be your words, not mine. I want to try and push something that's not of you. I felt the Holy Spirit on me, in me, flowing out of me as conversation led to some amazing places. Fortunately, we don't have to testify on our own. And, and Jesus knew it was coming. In fact, this is what he said in Luke 12. He says, when you were brought before synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what you should say. That's a confidence we can have as a believer in Christ. That Holy Spirit will teach us what we need to say when we don't know what to say. Every time I get up to preach, I'm nervous every single time. Have been for the last 20 years since I've been doing this. I'm not confident in my ability. But the moment I stand on stage, I ask God, please anoint my words. And somehow it gets out. Hopefully sometimes the right way. Most of the time, hopefully. But it's his power in me. And in our workplaces, wherever we find ourselves, that same power can be an operation because we're all called to be witnesses. So I want to suggest two thoughts today before we take communion and we're going to pray for some people this morning. The first thought is Holy Spirit empowers us to live the gospel. So the gospel is something that we get to live out. The way we live our lives speaks volumes to people. Important thing to note, the, the most uh, critical witness in a courtroom is not the person with the most charisma, but a person with a believable character. My, my, my clever words, my cleverness, if, if, if that's what brings someone to Christ, if I can convince somebody logically that, that they should give their life to Christ, would they really be saved? If there's not a work of the Holy Spirit that convicts of sin and causes somebody to repent and give their life to Christ, then I have maybe just convinced someone to become a Christian, which is not even a real conversion because it's the repentance that is required where I turn from my old ways. And the Holy Spirit does that. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't upskill myself. It doesn't mean that I don't read books and I, and I don't even go to seminars on how to, how to preach the gospel and how to reach somebody for Christ. But if I can convince someone that in their mind they need to make this decision and there's no transformation of the heart through the Spirit of God, what have we done? And this is a work for all of us. All of us are called to this. I'm not a fan of the whole title thing when it comes to being a pastor. I don't like being called Pastor Mike as much as you'd like to be called Teacher Christo. <laughs> Plumber Jane. <laughs> it's like it's the body of Christ. And there is a season coming if we are brave enough and we are stepping into it, I truly believe, where we will see apostles and prophets and teachers and pastors and evangelists equipping the saints for the work of the ministry that each of us would be empowered in our gifting. Some of faith, some of miracles, some of teaching, some of prophecy. Some of administration and helps, the gifts of God given to each one of us so that we would be a witness to all that God has done. 
You know my favorite part of church over the last couple of weeks? I mean, I've just loved being at church. The last couple of weeks, seeing what God is doing, hasn't been the preaching, hasn't been the worship. It's been when we've said, hey guys, that's us, we're done. You can hang around if you like, but if you want to go, you're welcome to go. It's been those moments that have actually been the best moments for me. As I've walked out slowly, I've noticed groups of people praying for one another in the seats. I noticed somebody get up from one seat over there and walk to the other side of the auditorium and lay hands on somebody and pray for someone because God inspired them to do that. That's church. That's the body working together. Jesus is the only one who gets a title. It's his church. He's the one that gets the glory. He gets the credit. It's all about Jesus. But we are a part of that body and we need every part of the body functioning the way God's intended it to be. We're called to be witnesses and live a life of character. And when Holy Spirit is in us and on us, things change. See, my, my dirty life that gets a little bit messy, we try and scrub it off with religious works and we tick a bunch of boxes, say, if I can just become a better person, then everything's going to be okay. It hasn't worked so far for me. We are the holy temple that Jesus is making holy. We are a holy temple. Our bodies are a holy temple. But it's his work in us that makes us holy. It's his righteousness. When we are in Christ, we receive his righteousness. We step and walk in his righteousness. And he does that work as we surrender ourselves to that work. We don't resist that work. We don't hold on to the things that we know break God's heart. We say, God, no, you, you have that too. You have that attitude. You have that unforgiveness. You have that offense that I'm carrying. You've got all of that because I just want to worship you, Jesus. At that point, God does that cleansing work, that refining process in our hearts. And when that work takes place, we become a person that others want to be around. I love this in Galatians 5, to 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is... Another version says a a life controlled by the Spirit looks like this or produces fruit. Have you been around somebody who you just know that they love you? They know your stuff. They know what you've done. They know where you've been and they just love you anyway. How does it feel to be around that person who, who loves you with a Christian love? How about somebody who's joyful? Have you been around that person? The joy of the Lord truly is their strength. And when you're in their presence, you just feel that much better. You feel that much closer to God. What about somebody who carries peace? When the world is freaking out, they go, it's okay. Peace, be still. We're going to be okay. God's with us. What about forbearance? What is forbearance? Patience. What about someone who's patient? It's like, it hasn't happened the way I thought it would and when I thought it would. It's okay. It's okay. We're on God's clock, not mine. Just stop looking at the clock. It'll come when it's time. That's a word for somebody. Stop looking at the clock. It's going to come when God appoints the time. He's not going to be late. It's going to be right on time. What about uh, kindness? Do you think we could do with a bit of kindness? You got any kind people in your world right now? Just you want to be around them. What about uh, someone who shows goodness? 
just they're, they're just kind. They show goodness to you. They live a life. They just generosity flows out of their heart. What about faithfulness? That person that's been in their job for, for 20 years, 30 years. In marriage, I love that we celebrate faithfulness in marriage. God's design for a relationship. I love that we get to celebrate 18 years, 20 years, some even 50 years plus in marriage. Amazing. Gentleness. A gentle answer turns away wrath. And then self-control. I love that self-control is right at the end. It's like the bookend. It's like, ah, feeling angry, self-control. Love and (laughs) self-control. Patience, ah, and self-control. It's like, if if you're unsure, just come back to that one. Self-control. Holy Spirit controlling myself. That's good, right? These are characteristics of people who know and love Jesus. I I got paid, I I think it's a compliment, (laughs) yesterday. Hanging out with a guy we've been... Yeah, we, we made this deal at the start of the season. If I score a hat-trick, he's got to come to church. So I haven't got the hat-trick yet. Pray this hammy comes right for, for next week. Only a few games to go in the season. I scored two goals and then they subbed me off. So that, that didn't help the other week. So I was like, nah, I think there was a conspiracy happening there. But, but you know, we've been having these conversations and he wants to come to church. He's, he's curious. He really is. Because he's seen Gareth. Gareth's in the team. Jaden's in the team. Dom, who leads our... Um, part of our voltage team we're in the team he goes there's something different about you guys he says I'm a good dad I love my love my wife I love my kids you know I I feel like I'm doing a good thing but there's there's something you guys carry spiritually that I don't have so we're having this conversation sitting on the sideline yesterday just praying Holy Spirit Holy Spirit Holy Spirit there's a softening he says, I can't reconcile science and creation. And I said, that's a whole other conversation we can have. But I can tell you what, God loves you, man. Kind of, the conversation, he says, I think we might need to sit down with a bottle of rum and finish this conversation at some stage. I said, well, you drink the rum and I'll have a Coke. And uh, sounds great. Sounds like a plan. But you know what he said? It's the way you live your life, Mike. You're genuine, you're authentic. And hopefully that's the character of God through the Holy Spirit. We get to live the gospel empowered by Holy Spirit. The second thing is we see that Holy Spirit empowers us to preach the gospel. See, it's one thing to live the gospel. Some of us have uh, very badly misquoted St. Francis of Assisi, which is reported to have said, you know, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. In other words, we don't have to use words. No, that's not what he said or even what he meant. We live a life that would give evidence that we, are, we have been changed and transformed by God, but we also preach the gospel. People go, oh, really? Do I have to? Sorry, not sorry. What a gift we carry. But don't worry, you don't have to do it on your own. See, we're empowered by God to be able to preach the gospel. Would you know how to lead someone to Christ? If someone said, what do I have to do to be saved? Like they asked in Acts, what do I have to do? Would we know what to say? Repent and be baptized. That was, that was good enough for Peter. In Acts 2, repent and be baptized. Well, what does that mean to repent? Uh, I'll go get my pastor. I'm not coming. That's your assignment. You've been given the grace for that moment, right? I'll help you, of course, but your grace for that moment. 
God's put you in that person's world in that moment so that you can preach the gospel empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, the gospel is confronting. The world does not like the gospel. If you haven't noticed in recent weeks, the world does not like what the Bible says about a bunch of different things. And the gospel is confronting. And Peter, when he gets up to preach, this is Peter who denied Jesus. Now he's back. And this is what he says to the the group of people that have gathered to hear him preach. You're all amazing people. I love you. God's got plans and gifts and prosperity for all of you. No, he says this. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. (laughs) Thanks, Peter. That's awfully confronting. (laughs) But judgmental. But then he carries on. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. 3,000 people saved that day. (laughs) That's some kind of a sermon, right? Empowered by the Spirit of God. Come on, Holy Spirit empowers us to preach the gospel. When Paul wrote the book of Romans, he, he, he wrote it as a kind of a full description of salvation. A lot of the letters, there was, all of this was probably assumed and had been delivered and taught within the, the different churches. You know, and so a lot of the epistles that we read in the New Testament are in response to challenges that are going on in the church. But, but, but Romans is like the, the, the foundation or the first steps in following God, what it, what it means to be saved. And in the 16th verse of the first chapter, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Another version says, I am proud of the good news, because it's the power God uses to save everyone who believes. Come on, we've got to be proud of the good news. As the team come this morning, I, I shared earlier that when I testified in court, I felt nervous. I really was nervous. wasn't sure quite what to say. wasn't sure how it would come out. I wanted to be accurate. I wanted to be true. I wanted to share it with a boldness. And at the end, all I could do was share what I knew and what I had seen. And sometimes we can think there's so much that we have to do, but actually it's, it's less than you think. We need to tell a story of what Jesus has done for us. I was lost. God save me. When we share our story, it changes somebody else's life because it's personal. It's real. Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him. Who's him? The enemy, Satan. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb. That's the work of Christ and the word of our testimony. So what we carry our story With the blood of the Lamb, the devil is defeated and under our feet. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, we can preach the gospel. It's not through clever reasoning or manipulation. It's through our story. It goes on and it says, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. We may feel sometimes that we are in the moment and we could lose everything reputation in some countries we might lose our life got a friend in Bangladesh he said 
staff members that have been threatened to the point of death if they confess Jesus. We don't experience that here, but we do deny him when we don't take those moments to declare the truth and stand for truth and righteousness. Come on, I am proud of the good news. I am empowered by Holy Spirit to speak about that truth. And I want to encourage every single one of you to work on your story, work on your testimony. See, I'm sitting there and he says, my friend's saying, I can't logically put science and creation together. I said, I, I understand. And I said, this is a bigger conversation and we can have this conversation later. But I don't know much, but I know this. When I was 11 years old, I sat in Castle Point Christian camp and they were singing the hit of the 80s, more love, more power, more of you in my life. And as an 11-year-old boy, I sat there and I began to weep. As God's spirit, like a big warm blanket, covered me. And that's not cool as an 11-year-old boy, right? Amongst all your peers, and I'm bawling my eyes out for a whole hour going, what is happening to me? I knew about God. My parents had raised me in the Lord. I, I, I knew scripture. No, no, you know, no regrets, but that was that moment 11 years old and I knew that God was real. And I shared that with them yesterday. Went awfully quiet. I said, this is faith. This is something you can't explain. You can't fully understand. But if you would say, God, I want to know that you love me. You watch what happens. And that was the end of the conversation for now. He went off and found another conversation. <laughs> but that'll continue over a, a rum and a Coke. So, <laughs> Friends, today, I think God wants to do the same. He wants to empower some people here today. Fill with His power, the power of His Holy Spirit to be His witnesses. How many people need the power of God to be His witness as you go into your workplace this week? Yeah. How many people believe He will? He, he will. I promise you. He promises. His promise is better than my promise. Come on. <laughs> so in a moment, I want to invite you to come. I want to lay hands on some people. I want to pray for some people. Believe with some people that this week will look different because the power of the Holy Spirit, you've said, I will partner with you this week. I'm going to share my story. I'm going to talk about what you've done and Holy Spirit, would you work and move in somebody's life today? But right now, would you stand to your feet? We're going to take communion together. If you got that, please prepare yourself for that. If you haven't got it, um, please put your hand up and one of our team is just going to walk down the aisle and make sure you've got some communion there. What is communion? Communion is remembering what Jesus did for us. Communion is taking the, the body, the bread, the body that was broken, Jesus' body broken for us, for the healing of our bodies. It's the blood that represents his, his blood shed for us, the juice that represents that blood, that by His blood, our sins were forgiven. The pouring out of His blood, the shedding of His blood meant that our sins could be forgiven. We were not right with God, but because of Jesus, we could experience righteousness in and through Him. So today, as you take communion, maybe for the first time, you're saying, Jesus, I'm going to put my trust in you today. I'm going to give you my life. 
give you my full attention. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn from my old way of living. And I'm going to choose to follow you. So right now, so why don't you talk with God? Say, God, thank you. Thank you for your body broken for me, for the healing of my body. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood poured out for me so that my sins could be forgiven. Thank you today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.